Well, good morning. My name is Ali. If I've not met you before, I'm part of the team here. Um, I see some of you are sporting sort of subtle or not so subtle Christmas jumpers. This is my equivalent, okay? And um, usually if I was speaking, I wouldn't dare to wear something that draws so much attention to myself. But just see this as something reflecting the Lord's glory back onto you. So there we go. Right, so it is three days to the big day. I don't know if you woke up this morning thinking about that. You're noticing that your Advent calendar is starting to look a little empty and your tummy a little more full. We've got three days left before we celebrate Christmas again. Lots of us have done lots of Christmases. I was going to tell you how many I've done. I'm not going to do that. But we've done lots of Christmases. And so the story of Christmas has become really familiar to us. And what I thought I would do this morning is just take some time to look back at the very first Christmas and see how people responded to that first Christmas and see if we can learn anything from their response that we could take on board even for the next couple of days. And so what we're going to be looking at this morning is this call to worship like the Magi, celebrate like the shepherds and reflect like Mary. And so we're going to start off by reading uh, together from Matthew's Gospel. Well, I'm going to read it. It's going to come up on the screen. In order to do that, it means I am going to have to wear my glasses. Now, I'm not going to mention them every single time. They're still quite new for me. And I've never, until the nine o'clock, they're a bit dirty, actually. I didn't get the anti-glare, which was a big mistake. But anyway, um, yes, I'm not used to wearing them in front of people. But anyway, um, I'm going to read from Matthew 2. It's going to come up on the screen. And you've heard these words before. So just take a moment um, before I read. Just to, I'm just going to give a moment of quiet. And maybe in that moment of quiet, just, just offer a little prayer to the Lord and ask him by his Holy Spirit to speak uh, fresh words of truth um, as we hear these familiar words. So we're reading about the Magi from Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In, Ju- in Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. 
So this is the story of the Magi. These Magi, there's lots of um, theories about who they were. So we call them wise men. We sometimes call them three kings. It's not likely that that's what they were. It's much more likely that they were both astronomers and astrologers. So they looked at the stars, and in looking at the stars, they looked for signs which they then interpreted. And these guys, having seen a star that alerts them to a royal birth, they respond to what they have seen. And the way that they respond is they prepare, they pack, they journey, they persevered. And they honoured him in the way that they knew how, by turning up, by showing up to his, uh, to when he was born. They showed up, they, they honoured him with their presence, and then they honoured him with their gifts, their presence. And what that meant in order to do that was they had to step away from normal life as they knew it. And there's lots of, again, ideas about how long that journey would have taken them. You know, this idea they came from the east is kind of a bit generic, but they they had to make a journey. Was it days or weeks or months or longer? We don't know. But we know that in order to honour him and in order to worship him, they had to step away from their normal life for a season. And their worship also meant that when the time came, they had to reroute their worship. When they hit the hurdle, I mean, what I love is these guys, these wise men, they're following the star and that was really working out for them until at some point they see a palace and they're like, we'll stop following this like supernatural thing and instead just go, hey, there's a palace. Let's turn up and start speaking to this known mass murderer who had wiped out his extended family in order to hold onto the throne. Let's pitch up there and say, hey, there's a new king in town. Can we worship him? It's like, wise men, think again. And luckily they did. So they hit this hurdle and then they rerouted in order to continue to worship. And so the worship of the wise men, it was considered, it was dutiful, like it was the appropriate response to what they had seen in the sky. It was beautiful and it was determined. Determined so much that they could even reroute themselves when needed. And for us, Christmas is such a busy, like, crazy chaotic season I always say that the run-up to Christmas it's like saying oh you know you've already got a job and maybe you're running a family but hey have another part-time job and let's call it Christmas you know maybe that's just the way that I do present buying but it's such a mad season and in the middle of that mad season it can be hard to hold on to the focus and that focus is Jesus A few months ago, I went on holiday um, with my family. So I went with my kids, I went with my mum and dad, I went with my sister and her kids. So already I'm used to being a parent to two and suddenly we're with us five little ones. And uh, we went to this place that we go to every October um, called Moores Valley Country Park. It's a big favourite of ours. And uh, what there is, I mean, this thing is massive and you go walking, walking, walking and then you, you follow basically the play trail. So you walk for ages and then you come come to an opening where there's some sort of amazing climbing frame that looks like a huge ant and the kids will play on that and explore that and then when you've had enough you walk on to the next one and then suddenly there's a massive castle and they play in the castle and hide in there and then you walk on to the next place. 
Well, there we are, and it's half term, so it's not just me and my family and my sister and her family, but it's half of the new forest are gathered in this place. Lots of little people everywhere, all of them going, Mum, Mum, look at me, Mum, Dad, look at me. Anyway, so we've been playing, playing, playing. You can probably see where this is going. And we wandered on to the next play trail, and the kids are enjoying it, hanging out. And then suddenly I'm aware that I've not seen Esther in a little while, and I start looking... Anyone seen Esther? I'm counting heads, heads that look familiar to me. There's definitely no Esther. And I'm like, I've lost Esther, didn't I? And so then I went running back to the place where we'd just come from. And luckily, we had randomly bumped into the Stevens family earlier on that day. And there they were walking towards us with Esther, who was like, you forgot me. And my defense was, there weren't just two children. There was hundreds of children. And in the mayhem and in the chaos... I just lost sight of her for a minute. It didn't mean I don't love her with all my heart. I just lost sight of her for a minute. And I don't know about you, but for me, Christmas is the time of year where I am most likely to lose sight of Jesus. And I love him dearly. But there is so much else going on, so much that takes our attention and our time from present buying to meal planning to present wrapping to office parties. Whatever it is, there's so much going on, so much pressure that it can be really easy for us to miss Jesus. And so for us, the Herod in our story, the big hurdle that we might um, come across in, in our seeking to worship Jesus is Christmas itself that we're on this journey following him and then suddenly it can be like how did we end up here I haven't even I haven't even thought of you for a while I know even weeks ago because I'm the sort of person that does like buying things so I love gifts gifts are one of my major love languages they're just one I can't quite pin myself to having one so one of my love languages is gifts and I so I love gifts I love shopping and I love my family and friends so when you combine that Christmas really does become a part-time job for me and weeks ago I'd got up early in order to spend some time in quiet with Jesus and yet what I actually was doing was on my phone gift shopping at seven o'clock in the morning. I have even been known to wake up in the middle of the night at two o'clock in the morning and think, oh, I'm awake. I might as well see if, you know, this was around Black Friday, see what is happening, see what I can be shopping. And so, so easily, if you're anything like me, in the midst of it all, it's so easy to take our eyes off of Jesus. And so for us to worship like the Magi, it means that we might want to be a bit considered in our worship. We might want to be a bit purposeful, a bit determined. Could we plan to really seek Jesus out, even in these last few days in the run-up to Christmas? Because just like the wise men were wise enough to reroute themselves when they needed to, we've still got a few days. And so if you've lost sight of Jesus, it's not too late just to reroute your heart just a little bit to find some space and some time to think about him. And so here's just a couple of ideas. If, you're, if you would love, just go, that's all very well and good, but the next few days are still going to be busy. Here's a couple of really simple ideas that might help you just purposefully contemplate, and, uh, contemplate Jesus and what he did. So one idea is just to take a bit of time away from here, just to reread the stories of Jesus coming to earth as a baby. You read them at the beginning of Matthew's gospel and at the beginning of Luke's gospel. Just take a moment to read them. 
It's not too late just to jump online or download an app with some Advent readings or Advent meditations. Depending on whether this is your thing or not, you might want to take a moment to uh, contemplate some some art from around, you know, the, some Christmas Christian art. So on Facebook, my mum's quite a big fan of, of some of these things. So she uh, posts. So there's there's a couple that I've come across through her actually. I have an image that's going to come up, I think. I saw this one the other day. I love this look of utter exhaustion on Mary's face and. On Joseph, as he just tries to take in, it's hard to know exactly what he's thinking, and I'm sure he probably felt the same. But I love even in whatever's going on in both of them personally, there's this focus. Jesus is here. This next one, I love. It nearly always makes me cry. I just love this look of joy and of promise and of hope. That even, even as Mary meets her pregnant uh, cousin Elizabeth, that what they share in that moment and the hope that comes alive in them, I just think is such a beautiful depiction. Okay, this one's not quite so deep, but it spoke to my heart. Treetops glisten, children listen to nothing. Children literally don't listen to anything. Every parent I've spoken to in the last few weeks are like, what has gone wrong with my children? So this one also spoke to me. But anyway, you could jump on Google. You could look up some Christian art and just take a moment of quiet to consider it. It might be, I mean, we're all different in our personalities. Maybe you want to stick on, um, I was going to say a CD, but that's a bit old school, isn't it? Stick on Spotify, find a Christmas carol and sing it with all your might. You know, bell out, hark the herald angels sing and enjoy the truth that is proclaimed through that song. You might want to turn off all the lights in your house and light just one candle as you think again about what it meant that Jesus came as the light of the world, extinguishing darkness forever. It might be a little simple liturgical prayer that you use someone else's words. So I I looked up a few and from that, I wrote these down. These were my own words from my heart today and for you, you. Lord, in these days that are busy with so much to focus on, open my eyes to see you again. Open my heart to receive you again. Worship like the Magi. Let's find a way, even in these last few days, to push through distraction and to purposefully and determinedly find a way to focus and adore Jesus. Okay, so that's the first one. Worship like the Magi. I'm getting these back on because I'm getting my Bible out again. And this time we're going to Luke chapter 2. And it's in Luke's gospel that we read the story of the shepherds. And so we're starting at chapter, at verse 8 of chapter 2. Again, another long one. But this is a great opportunity for us to hear the story again. And there were shepherds living out in their fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. 
When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So the shepherds, a really different response from the Magi. And I actually, I love the shepherds. There's so much sort of energy and spontaneity and joy in their response. I think I am more shepherd than Magi. So they, they hear this great news. And then if you heard in that reading, this was their response. Let's go. And then they hurried to Bethlehem. And then they spread the word. And then everyone was amazed. And then they went home glorifying and praising God. It's just so much, yeah, energy spontaneity, joy in response to what they have heard. They didn't stop. There wasn't a pause to like dress themselves, pick out a present, clean the sheep poo off their sandals. There was none of that. They just heard and they responded and they went and they had good reason to celebrate. That's what comes out for me in the shepherds. They celebrated and they had really good reason because the angel says, I bring you good news that will cause great joy. And the angel wasn't wrong. There was this joy that bubbled up in them and spilled out. And no wonder, I mean, the message they brought was a savior has been born to you. A savior born to you. So one minute They're doing their day job, which was their night job, and they're in darkness, and they're just going about life as normal. And then suddenly the best news ever comes to them, and everything changes. And one minute they're in spiritual darkness, and then the light of the world is announced. Everything changes. They had a reason to be joyful, and it's in joy and energy and celebration that they go. And the news is no different for us today. The angel that brought them good news of great joy, it's for all of us. The difference is two things. One is we don't get the angel, you know, heralding this to us. So when you're just doing your last few emails on Monday or Tuesday, there will not be Gabriel probably, you know, standing over you and singing. What you're rushing around into, you won't be aware of a heavenly host singing the praises of Jesus. So it doesn't come to us in the same way. The second thing is this was brand new news for them. For us, like I've already said, it's a bit old. It's a bit familiar. And so the celebration that bubbled out over them often isn't quite the same for us. So then how can we choose to celebrate like the shepherds? I think it is that word choose. We choose celebration. We choose joy. We make room in our lives for joy and then we plan for it. I love that Christmas happens to come in like the darkest time of our year. I don't know if you saw it, but Thursday was a classic example of end of December-itis. It just, the sun did not shine all day. It was just grey and dark and dreary. And in the middle of the darkest time of our year, 
we have reason to celebrate and we're given space to celebrate. Most of us will have at least a couple of days off this week. And so there's the space that has been carved out for us to celebrate. And what I mean by celebrate is not plaster a smile on your face and pretend like everything is okay. But what I do mean is that you can give yourself permission to have fun and to be joyful Give yourself permission to eat your favorite food and fall asleep in front of the sofa. Give yourself permission to enjoy seeing your friends, to have a glass of wine. to Whatever celebration looks like for you, make space for it. So John and I have a bit of a tradition over the last four years. We're not the most sociable of couples, Um, but once a year, we have this tradition now, uh, we've done it for four years, where we have over our four besties, and we uh, have a dinner party for them, but saying that we have a dinner party for them is kind of a bit of an understatement, because Joel and I, we plan this, and when I say we plan it, I mean months in advance, I mean we even have like a sit down, a planning meeting for it, and we get the, the, the date in our friends' diaries, and then we begin to let our imagination and creativity go to work, and so not only is that about planning the menu, it's often about planning the setting, um, it's often about thinking about something a little bit quirky. Last year we had dry ice all over the table. This year we managed to persuade one of our really good friends to turn up halfway through the meal as Santa. And um, it might sound weird because we are a bunch of adults, but it was absolutely hilarious because he totally stayed in character. And Joel had been like, oh, sorry, guys, my Amazon delivery is nearly here. It's just three stops away. And then there was a knock at the door and they're just, Joel's like, I'm just going to go and get it. And then suddenly it was ho, ho, ho. Anyway, maybe he had to be there, but it was totally hilarious. And what we don't do is we don't wake up on Friday, the 20th of December and go, do we feel like being joyful today? Do we feel like having fun? We make space for joy. Like We've had, in many ways, quite a hard 18 months. And so if we just kind of woke up on any given day and said, yeah, is today going to be a day that we're going to have fun? We might say yes, we might say no. But we plan for it, not just for ourselves, but we plan it for our friends. We think, what can we do to bring joy? And this is what I'm talking about when I say celebrate like the shepherds. Give yourself permission to be joyful I know that this season is hard for lots of people. Even this morning, between the 9 o'clock and then the time in between and just before the 11.30, I've had so many conversations with people where either this has been a hard season or Christmas presses some hard buttons, and I know that. And I'm not saying that we ignore that. I'm not saying that we pretend that life is amazing. What I'm saying is you can have permission to enjoy the life that God has given you. You may well be in a dark season. You may well be really aware of the loss of a loved one at the moment. Or it might even be that your personality says to follow Jesus is about obedience and following the rules and doing the right thing. And I'm not even saying that that's not true. I'm just saying God has given you so much and he's a good father and he loves to to not only give you good things, but he loves to see you enjoy the good things that he's given you. And so lots of you will have spent time really thinking about the gifts that you've bought for somebody and wrapping it up. And it wouldn't bring you joy if they just went, "Uh, no, I'm not going to open it, actually. I'm not that bothered by gifts. 
Or if the meal that we really worked at hard on Friday, like if they just turned up and said, have you got any bread and water? I'd rather eat that. Where would the joy be in that? The joy is that we lay out those gifts. We create that food and then we get to see the ones we love enjoying it. And God has poured good things into our lives, not least of all his son. And when we respond in celebration and joy, it blesses his heart. If the, if the magi show us um, that what worship is can look like duty and perseverance, then I think the shepherds point us to a worship that is about enjoying all that God has given us. When those angels uh, showed up on that hillside, they served up a feast of joy and the shepherds just gobbled it up. God has laid out a feast of good things in our lives and we can respond by thankfulness and celebration. And do you know that when we choose joy and celebration, it actually stirs hope in our hearts? So for those of you that it is a hard season... To know that to celebrate is not ignoring that, but it also will fuel you in a way that you might not have tapped into for a little while. So celebrate like the shepherds. Make room to celebrate. Plan on joy. Right, then finally, reflect like Mary. This is the shortest one, you might be glad to know. But we've already read her little line. It's just a little line in Luke 2. We read it in verse 19. It says that Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. At this point in Mary's story, she's at a huge point of transition. So if you look back at the last nine months of her life, talk about mad, you know, that it starts off with this angel telling her the good news and then she goes to Elizabeth and there's this miraculous pregnancy and then, you know, you've got the whole Joseph, what's going to happen there and how much he let her in on, my plan was to divorce you but then an angel told me not to. Whether she knew about that, I'm sure she would have felt and received some of that. And then they get the news, well, you're not actually going to be giving birth in your hometown. You're going to have to go on this journey. And then she turns up. It's obvious that her time has come. I love the subtlety of that. If you've ever given birth, her time has come. Doesn't quite say it. But anyway, and that she's then giving birth in this strange place away from home. A young, young woman without her normal support. And then shepherds show up in like the least welcome visitors of all time. And so there she is. There's this point of transition because her pregnancy is over. But now she has to start nurturing for this baby in a whole new way and begin to raise him. And it's at this point that she ponders and she reflects. And right where we are today, we are also in a point of transition. Because not only are we getting ready to celebrate Christmas, but 2019 is very nearly at an end. And 2020 is about to begin. And at this point of transition, maybe we could reflect like Mary. I love those words. It says, Mary treasured up all these things in her heart. This is, what do we do we, when we talk about treasure? It's we hold something as valuable. All that she had heard, all that she'd been part of, all that she'd experienced in that last nine months, somehow she held that as valuable before God. What has 2019 looked like for you? There would have been such a mixture of brilliant things and hard things and forgettable and unforgettable things. What will you hold as valuable? 
What are the things that the Lord has shown you this year of his goodness and his mercy and grace that you would hold as valuable in your heart, that you'll take with you into 2020? It says she treasured these things in her heart and that she pondered them. And I love this word ponder. There's a sense of reflection in there of just, yeah, looking back, thinking about all that she's seen. But if I said to you, hey, would you just ponder that for me? Chances are I'm looking to move forward. It's not just a reflective thing. There's a sense of where do we go from here? And so there's this idea she's treasuring, she's holding as valuable, but she's also really thinking, where now? What now? What does this look like? And so for us to uh, reflect like Mary, as well as holding what is valuable, it's about pondering what are the things that God has been saying? What are the things that he's been stirring? And what would it look like as you walk into 2020 to really do that in his freedom, in his power, in his friendship? Reflect and ponder. Now, some of you probably are thinking, Ali, I don't know if you realize this, but it's going to be a kind of busy time. And so I can't really head off on a three-day silent retreat to reflect and ponder like Mary. And what I'll say is if we think our Christmas is chaotic, it probably isn't quite matched with how chaotic Mary's was. Because as I've just said, she'd just given birth, and then these people start showing up. And so it was all going on. You know, this, she's a brand new mother, newborn baby to feed, nappies to change, nappies to wash, shepherds to serve canapes to. This is a busy woman. So she was not like, hey, right now, everybody, I'm just going to leave you all while I go and ponder and reflect. But what I think is, is that in the middle of the chaos, while her hand were busy her heart was free so while she was up to her elbows in pooey nappies while she is cradling Jesus while her hands are busy there's a space that was reserved in her heart and her mind to reflect and to ponder and so I want to say the thing that Mary had in her favor and I love these things by the way what she had in her favor was she had no phone while she was breastfeeding to like catch up on the news or Instagram she didn't have the latest Netflix box set waiting to be watched and so literally while her hands are busy that's where the freedom came and so I want to suggest that for us maybe as we're peeling potatoes, as we're uh, loading the dishwasher, as we're doing that last bit of present wrapping, as we're driving home for Christmas, maybe while our hands are busy, we could just leave our hearts and our minds a little bit of space to ponder and to reflect. What do we hold valuable in our heart? And what do we want to walk forward with and in in 2020? So three days left before the big day, about 10 days until the end of this year. And I really want to encourage us in lots of small ways. Why don't we think about how we can worship like the Magi, seeking Jesus out in the midst of all that is going to be happening Could we give ourselves permission to have fun and to celebrate like the shepherds? And could we, in the busyness, leave some space in here and in here to ponder and reflect like Mary, knowing that as we walk forward into 2020, we don't go alone, but we go with our Saviour and our friend.